Hi, I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. The Navajo Nation covers 27,000 square miles and has more than a quarter million people and is in the process of developing a pilot community court for their Anath District Court. Recently, a group of visitors from the Navajo Nation spent several days at the Red Hook Community Justice Center. I, along with Aaron Arnold, who is the director of our Tribal Justice Exchange at the Center for Court Innovation, had an opportunity to sit down and talk with two of the visitors, Susie Martin, who's the court administrator for the Anath District Court, and Lucinda Yellowhair, who's the chief probation officer for the Navajo Nation. At the outset of our conversation, I asked Susie Martin to explain the kinds of cases the Anath District Court handles. We handle pretty much a wide variety of cases. It could be anything such as a civil case where domestic violence is, is involved, it could be temporary protection order, or it could be a, a name change, a simple name change case. We handle juvenile cases as well as criminal cases, adult criminal cases, anywhere from battery to um, sexual assault, assault. So maybe since you're here visiting the Red Hook Community Justice Center, uh, you could explain what interest you have in developing a community court. Well, how this all started was the Chief Justice of the Navajo Nation with some other judges came out about a year ago, I believe, maybe a little bit more than a year ago, and decided to look at their community court. And they thought it was really interesting how their concept follows the actual traditional Navajo concept, the, the, the willing to give the person another chance, allowing the person to speak for themselves, and instead of just hammering them down with, this is what you'll do, you don't have a voice in this, and then just being very adversarial, allowing the person to have a say in their rehabilitation, it's more or less restorative justice, and that's how the Navajo concept is. So that's what they saw, and they, they said, well, why can't we do it? This is part of our culture, and that's why she volunteered to have it as a pilot project for the Anna District Court. That's where we started from. And that's Judge Irene Black, right? Mm-hmm. who's also here on the trip. Right. Is that that's correct. Right. Maybe you could describe to me how, it would, how you might integrate some of what you've seen here into what you're doing. The Chief Justice's emphasis is to get out of the Western formalities of, of the legal system in our courts, in the Navajo courts, and into what he saw here, he thought was very interesting. You know, he's trying to get away from the Western adversarial system and be able to bring our people in and say, let's try to use the restorative justice in this innovative court, you know, environment. So just so I understand, the, the, the court system, even though you have these traditions that are very much like what you're seeing here in Red Hook, the court as it's practiced right now sort of evolved and adopted a lot of the Western traditions, even though they're not your traditions. Mm -hmm. And so then coming here and seeing this is sort of a way to, it's sort of like a circle. You're going back and saying, wait, 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 we, this is in our traditions as well. We can, we can not only, we're not just borrowing from Red Hook, we're actually using Red Hook to get back to what we already know and what we do. And enhance it. And enhance it. There's a, a former justice Raymond Austin refers to it as back to the future. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, so I wonder, maybe it's too soon, but I just wonder, after you've been here for two days, what kinds of takeaways you're getting? What, what are you seeing that you like and you think you might be able to adapt? And perhaps you're seeing some things you, you don't 
you don't think would fit. We're so used to the adversarial system where everything is procedural. Mm-hmm. Everything is you have to do it in a certain way and it has to be done according to a schedule. Mm-hmm. But we need to relax. We need to realize that in order for people to feel comfortable, you have to allow them to be themselves and so that they can express themselves freely. But at the same time, there needs to be some control. So we have to find that balance, I think. Right now, we're too set in this adversarial system where we feel like it's got to be procedure, it's got to be authoritative, and we have to bring the hammer down. That's what we're believing right now, and we need to come out of that mode. And I think by coming here and seeing the other side of that, mm-hmm. we are going to take back the, the you know observation that we, we saw and say, you know, this could work. Like Susie said, we're, we're going to be able to take it back and see if we can balance that. Talk to Chief and say, okay, now Chief, this is what's going to happen and this is what we saw. Are you ready for that? One of the other things that I've noticed is the bar right in here in front. You know, in any other, right in front of the gallery. Uh-huh. Okay, in any other court, formal court setting, it's closed out. There is a a, a, a gate, you know, a, a half door. Uh-huh. Right. This, there's none. And I think Chief would like this mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now, our Chief Justice does not wear a robe when he's uh-huh. on the bench. He doesn't believe that. And so his bench is lowered, and he doesn't wear a robe. And just to add to that... One of the newer courts that was built, Delcon Court, which is in Arizona, they don't have a, a bench there at all. No. It's just an open, it's a Around. sort of sh- sh- shaped in a hogan style, right. and the judge is sitting on the same level as the defendants, right. and they're in an open setting. So they're more or less moving away from the concept of um, the adversarial system, mm-hmm. the, the, the formal, the judge is sitting higher and the right. defendant is down here. They can't speak unless it's, they speak through their attorneys. They're, we're trying to move away from that. I wonder, you know, here there's sort of this balance between sort of breaking with tradition by linking defendants to services and trying to, you know, an emphasis on healing or mm-hmm. trying to restore them. But there's still the use of the court as an authority, mm-hmm. for instance, through monitoring. I wonder if any of that resonates with you as well, where you sort of have both. You have authority, but you also have an emphasis on healing. Yes, and I, I think um, now I see why there's two new courts that are going up. And in the building planning of these two buildings, I was thinking about it earlier this morning as, you know, when the, when the clinical portion of the of the court is right across the hallway from from the courtroom mm-hmm. yeah here in Red Hook right right, right. and I, I remember thinking back the new the new buildings the schematics the design of the new building does have that setting where the the um, social workers and the clinical physicians that were going to be coming aboard have an office right next to the um, court building court hearing courtrooms I should say and I thought, okay, somebody was thinking ahead, and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, puzzles are actually fitting, and I thought, oh my God, is it possible that one day we'll be able to just walk across the hallway and get an assessment within an hour rather than an, a month and a half? 
that we we actually it takes a month realistically and a half. Mm-hmm. today it takes a month and a half. Is, and is that because of the distances I heard reference to before, or just a resource issue? They're just the hard. lack of resource issues and the distances. Yes, both. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, maybe the, the, this whole concept of innovative, you know, court system is actually it's it's coming. We just didn't realize it. Of course, we're going to be a little bit different because we don't have the resources readily available. But we have to find ways to make this happen. And one unique program I think we have is peacemaking, which Red Hook doesn't have. Mm-hmm. But we can use that. That's a resource. And we have to find our own resources to try and fit into into this program. And that's what we need to do. And those are the ideas we're receiving from this, not from only, this visit we had. Not only the peacemaking, but the... Uh, case managers, Mm -hmm. officers for juveniles that are in the facility Mm -hmm. right now. We have case managers and the the grant or it's under funded under a grant right now, but um, Chief Justice would like for it for the the program to eventually come on board to the court system. And they call it all it means, you know, kind of taking a whole of the whole thing. But these are um, this is regarding kids that are in custody right now. And I, I mean, I just think it's very exciting to hear right. you talk about it, and it just sounds like an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if Aaron, uh, you know, who's familiar with Red Hook and has visited you and seen things, I wonder what observations you have about uh, the potential for community core concepts to work in the Navajo Nation. Well, I certainly couldn't say it any better than Susie and, and Cindy have already <laughs> said it, but the one thing that I, I have taken away from this year-and-a-half-long learning experience, the sharing experience, is that, you know, there are aspects of the Navajo court system that are light years ahead of where we are. They have resources, they have history, they have traditions, they have foundations um, that we don't have. In some ways, they're, they're way ahead of where we are in the state court systems. And in other ways, the state court systems, you know, have things that we've learned through our work that we can share. And listening to these, these two wise women speak now, it really is, is great for me to hear because I think we're all on the same page realizing that this tribal community and tribal communities in general have so much foundation um, and history and tradition that they can use and they already are using. And just by adding those little pieces that the state court system has, has honed and has learned to the problem-solving court movement is a way to kind of blend tradition and, and formality. It's a way to blend the adversarial process with the traditional process and a way to bring together the best uh, of both worlds um, uh, to strengthen everyone's court system. So it's it's terrific for me to hear. And the one thing I wanted to ask um, Susie and Cindy is, you know, we've talked a little bit about how the Bureau of Justice Assistance um, is really thrilled that Chief Justice Yazi approached us and we've had this, this ongoing collaboration over the last year and a half. And I know that when we travel to conferences and with other tribal communities. Um, other tribal communities are starting to get wind of this and, and, and getting excited to see how it turns out. And I'm wondering how it makes you both feel or how you both react to know that there are there are people who are really excited about this collaboration mm-hmm. and are, are anxious to see how it turns out. Well, what's happening and what has unfolded here before us, as you remember, Aaron, when you came out the last, the last time you were out there, Susie and I sat there and looked at each other and were like, oh my God, this is something we've already been doing. You know, these are things that we have already used and techniques we've been using over the years. And I remembered back then, being in probation, helping people, 
is very difficult. And especially when you acknowledge them or when they acknowledge you through their kinship. As, you know, as I said, a little boy that said, I'm your dad. Or a, a little child that says, you're my mom. You know, I don't have a mom. And you become their mother. <laughs> and back then we used to say, wow, what, if, what, what are the possibilities of the things we're doing now? What if it unfolds one day and somebody actually sees it? And we see it happening. Well, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's something that was just a dream one time ago. Something that we just thought, who is out there that would pick up the concept that we're using? Who would it be to do that? And it's happening today. And I think that's what's so rewarding. You just feel like everything you've worked for, everything you've said, pleading with, with your clients, children and adults, grandfathers of plus 70 years old that you used to, I used to say to them, what are you doing here, Grandpa? You're supposed to be teaching me. Why are you here, me scolding you? You know, and, and it's here. It's reality now. You know, and when we get back, we're going to say, wow. So a long years of work, hard work that has finally unfolded and somebody finally said, hey, I have an idea. Why don't we put this into reality? And I hope someday when we get it back to the nation, we will be able to sit there when we're 80 years old in our rocking chair and say, yeah, we took part in that and be very, you know, proud of ourselves and, and knowing that we had a hand in it. Oh, it's such an honor for us to be involved in this whole thing, and just we're happy that we can do this all together, and looking mm -hmm. forward to see where it takes us. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to share with me and you know the people who visit our website. I've been speaking with uh, Lucinda Yellowhair, who's the Chief Probation Officer of the Navajo Nation, and Susie Martin, the Court Administrator of the uh, Anath District Court, Navajo Nation, and uh, Aaron Arnold, who is the... Um, Director of the Tribal Justice Exchange of the Center for Court Innovation. And I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. Thanks for listening. <laughs>